We're going to have fun this morning. Are you all right with that? Some of you that like um, serious church all the time, I apologize up front. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Is that true? You should be smiling more than you're not smiling. Amen? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You should be smiling more than you're not. So we're going to work on that this morning a little bit because we can have fun in church. Four of you are like, well, we'll see how this goes. I mean, God's serious. Stand to your feet. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 1. Hey, did you like that last song? How many of you remember that last song? A few of you? Uh, that was an original song by, by our, our worship team here. I hope Community Church read it a couple years ago. And um, it's a beautiful song. I love it. So make sure you appreciate that when you see somebody that was on the stage today. God can do new things in you. Amen? You don't have to be a copycat of anyone. Isn't that good news? You're an original. Be original. Luke chapter 1, start in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And it came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, what? It's my paraphrase right there. How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her really quickly. We're turned to Galatians chapter four. Starting in verse four, but when the fullness of time had come, I love that little phrase right there. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth the son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has spent the, sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Father, we thank you this morning. God, you promised that you'd renew our minds every time we look into your word. And I pray today would be one of those times. I pray, God, that we'd be focused today on what you are doing in our midst. The king is coming. We're here to celebrate that. But we're also here to give a response to it, Lord. If you are coming, what do we need to do? We thank you, Lord. 
for your goodness to us. And we pray that we'd be better because we were together today. And it's in your name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Skip was saying earlier, I want to thank you for your generosity. We, um, we're giving away uh, this week about $20,000 to missionaries and, and other local organizations that do uh, work. And we're just so thankful to be able to do that at the end of the year and bless people and, and the work that God is doing through them. And so um, we're thankful for that. Say amen. It's exciting, isn't it? So it's, the, it's better to give than receive. Bruce, I'll tell that to your kids early. It's better to give than receive. And so do it this time of year. Take a moment when you're, when you're at a restaurant, take a moment and bless somebody with a big tip for no other reason uh, than just to be generous. And when you give a tip, don't say, hey, there's a couple things you could have done better. Just want to let you know, but I'm going to leave this anyway. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Hey, I do want to say thanks for coming back. Last week I preached on repentance and you came back. Either you're deaf or you do love God. And everybody that wasn't here last week went, shoo, I missed that one. So Luke records in the first chapter, the angel Gabriel coming to uh, Mary. Last week we talked about the beginning of John the Baptist's public ministry. So we're backing up a little bit to when Mary was visited by the angel. And uh, if you're not familiar with Jewish history or even Roman culture that they lived in at the time, uh, you may be unaware that Mary was not the typical age we would see now for a a woman to be pregnant. Nowadays, uh, in our modern time, the age for uh, a woman to have a child for the first time is getting older. We're at about 25 years old now. In the 70s, it was 20 years old. And when Jesus was born, it was 12 to 14. Everybody just went, whoa, 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 I'm leaving this church. I didn't say I was for it now. I said that was the culture then. So the culture followed the biological clock, if you know what I'm saying. And so it was very common for, for uh, girls 12 to 14 years old to be betrothed to be married to uh, a man, typically a teenage, uh, what we would call a teenage boy, uh, a little bit older than her. So thinking Joseph might have been 16, 17 years old, and he was uh, promised to be married to Mary. Now, there's a little kink in the story because the angel shows up to Mary, Gabriel shows up to Mary, and I do want to point out that I don't think this was common practice. Sometimes we read scripture and we think that angels were popping in and out of people's houses on a daily basis. Kind of like, ah, Gabriel's over for lunch again today, let's feed him. The reason I don't believe this is true is because of Mary's response to Gabriel and every other person's response to an angel when they showed up. It was fear. Even after he tried to calm her down, she was trying to figure out, what is this all about? What's the, what's the meaning of this visit? So it wasn't like angels were just floating around, landing in people's houses going, hey man, I smelled bacon this morning and I thought I'd stop by. It was shocking. It was a troubling occurrence. Not just shocking, but it was scary. 
And so Mary's trying to process all this while the angel Gabriel is telling her, God's picked you. God's picked you. And you're going to have a baby. Now she knows how all that happens because her response is, how is that going to happen? Because I'm a virgin. And then Gabriel pulls out a piece of paper and he starts to, no, that's not what happened. He said, look, the Lord's going to overshadow you. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And the baby that is to be born by you is going to be the son of the living God. Now, if your day had not already been weird, it just got more intense right there. There's no indication in Scripture that Mary saw this coming. There was no indication that she expected it to be there. There's no indication that she had any desire to give birth to the Son of God. I don't think there were 14-year-old girls running around Jerusalem at the time going, who's going to have the Messiah? We're going to start a book club and, and, and see who can do it. It was not the expectation of the time. So Mary's caught totally off guard. If you keep reading, Joseph is caught equally off guard. But being a good guy, he decides, man, you know what? I'm just going to put her away to save the embarrassment for both of us. I'll divorce her quietly. The angel appears to him as well and gives him some sense about the issue. I mean, after all, think about it. The woman that you were promise to Mary gets pregnant. She comes to you and says, Hey God, this was God's idea. And you're like, really? That's the best you got. This was God's idea. It would take an angel of the Lord appearing to you to convince you. Amen. So that's what he did. It's an amazing, unbelievable, miraculous story of how the savior came to earth, how the King came. But I want to talk to you a little bit today about timing. I hinted about this last week, uh, but felt the need to talk about repentance. So we're going to talk about timing today. Everything's about timing, isn't it? The book of Ecclesiastes talks about timing. Uh, The Beatles sang about timing from the book of Ecclesiastes. There's a time for everything. There's a time... To live, a time to die, there's a, there's a time to do all kinds of things to get married. When do we have kids? When do I act like an adult? We even have a word for that now. It's called adulting. My recommendation would be to hurry up and start now. It's time. When should I sell the house? When should I move out? When do I say yes? When do I quit? Everything has a rhythm and a timing. And it seems as though it's really hard to figure it out sometimes. The rhythm of life. And if you're like me, I want a predictable rhythm. I want life to be as predictable as possible. I want my tomorrow to work out the way I've planned it on Google calendars. There's part of me that thinks if I put it in Google calendar, then all of the cosmos has to work in conjunction with my Google calendar to make it happen. Anybody else? You put in Google calendar, it's as good as the Lord saying, thus saith the Lord, this shall happen. And so I sink as many people as I can to my Google Calendar to make sure it happens the way I want it to happen because I like a constant beat. Anybody else like a constant rhythm to your life? You like the predictability. You like it when your kids listen. You like it when you're... 
I was going to say wife listens, but that would not be good. Uh, I, you like it. You like it when your job gives you the day off that you schedule because that keeps the rhythm in place. You like it when your vacation doesn't get interrupted. You like it when you don't get sick, when you have something to do. You like it when your car doesn't break down. Because when all those things happen, if there's a kink in the rhythm, and if you're like me, I, like, I just like an old school, boring, what they call it, four on the floor. One, two, three, four, two, two, three, four. All of us can count that, right? All of us can count the easy four on the floor rhythm. It's what you learn when you first start playing music. You know when to come in. You know when to get out. You come in on the downbeat. Don't try to be fancy. Try to come in on the upbeat. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. We're just doing four on the floor. Keep it right. God, don't throw anything tricky in there because I need to know what's coming. Some of you planner people got your five-year plans and the rhythm of life has to keep happening the way you need it to happen in order to fulfill all those five-year plans. Amen? And so we like predictability and a four-time four signature is very predictable. Extremely, it's the first one we teach kids. And then we, and then we made, move them to a three, four, the waltz. Dun, 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 dun. Is it that? Is that a, does that work? One, two, three, one, two. Yeah. It's a waltz or a six, eight, six, eight. It, it, it's the song that you hear and you go, oh, that's just a little different. That's a little different. Dun, 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 dun. I don't even know what that was. It's like I held my hands up and skipped. We like predictability in life, and Mary was no different. There's no part of Mary that woke up that morning thinking, wow, you know what? I looked at my calendar, and I was going to give birth to the Son of God. I don't know how that got in there. She would, she would have been having the expectation of any other young teenage girl her age. Joseph would have been having the same expectation that any other young teenage boy his age would have had. We're going to get married, we're going to start having kids, and we're going to do what our parents did. We're just keep this thing rolling. And they started having kids early because they had a lot of them. So just keep the, that's what we do. We just fall in line. We fall in rhythm and we just do what we do. And we, and, 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 and it's predictable. And it's, it's, it might not be the most exciting thing, but at least I know what's coming. And then I started, I started thinking about how I pray about things. And I started thinking about Mary and Joseph and, and the trauma that would have come to them when they realized what God was talking about. Because most of my life, I'm operating like I'm a soloist. Anybody else? Is there, are there any air guitar experts in here? Well, a couple of them are like, dude, I'm amazing at the air guitar. Just stand in the mirror and you just play your little heart out. You're the only one on the planet. I need, I need you to understand that God is not leading soloist. He's leading a symphony. The problem is we walk through most of our lives operating like we're soloist. Uh, we operate like we're the only ones on stage. Like everything that happens is only impacting us. And, and, and we pray that way. Lord, Lord, you... Come on, why'd you do this to me? 
Why did it have to be my vehicle that broke down? Why did I have to get sick? Why did, why did this have to happen? Why, why, why was traffic so slow today? Had I had that meeting, Lord. And we fail to realize that God is not leading just one soloist. He's leading a symphony of people. And he's the one, he's the one that understands how every musical note comes together. He's the one that knows knows how the cellos play and, and when the violins play and when the bass plays and when the flute plays. And, and I, don't, I don't even know what else is in there. He knows when they play, how they play, where they need to be, what timing they need to be. He is orchestrating the whole thing. And we're going, yeah, but what about me? Any of you play middle school band? Raise your hand. Come on, let's be honest. We should be proud of that. Middle school band. So I got a late start. It wasn't because I was dumb. I got a late start in the middle school because I, I actually went to an elementary school through sixth grade. And so it was a transitional period in the south end of Berkeley County. And they still had sixth grade in an elementary school. And then I jumped into the big, scary middle school at seventh grade. So we didn't have band class in the elementary school I went to. So my parents thought it'd be great. I got a used trumpet from the guy that lived down the street from me. And they signed me up for summer private lessons with my band teacher, Mr. Gentry. He was a clone of Colonel Sanders from KFC. <laughs> Just an amazing, super nice guy. And, and over the summer, uh, my parents would take me to his house. And he would, we would then drive to the school, the middle school. And he would, do, he would tutor me on the trumpet throughout the summer, and then I jumped in on my seventh grade year, and I was in band. I was trumpet, uh, played trumpet in band class. And uh, Mr. Gentry was the coolest guy ever, gray goatee, gray hair, smoked a pipe on the way to the school. It was awesome. I thought he was the coolest guy ever. He had a pipe on the way to school. He'd give me a drag of it every now and then. No, he did not do that. But have you ever been around anybody who smokes a pipe? I start breathing heavy. Wow, that's just, it's a beautiful, never. Go back to your notes, Chris. So he would pick me up and he would take me to, to the school and we would practice. And he would teach me one-on-one. Okay, Chris, I need you to, this is four, four, one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four. And he'd teach me how to play some notes. And he would, and he would do this, which, which you see at every middle school music program, all the kids on stage are sitting there, what? Tapping their feet because the band director threatened their lives if they don't. Because them tapping their feet shows him that they know the timing they're in. Now, you may be one of the parents and everybody's watched them. Trust me. You may be one of the parents that looks up and in a gasp of desperation realizes that your kid's not tapping on beat. And you're like, Johnny, come on. I know you've got it in you. So he taught us two things. He taught us, make sure you're tapping your foot at the beat and then watch me. Watch me. And Mr. Gentry was old school, man. He's, he'd, we'd, get, we'd get rowdy in middle, come on, seventh graders and eighth graders. And he'd, he'd listen, watch me. And I used to think, shouldn't this be fun? He taught us those basic things. And and they're the 
building blocks for learning how to play music. You have to be able to count to play music. You have to be able to know the time signature and the rhythm to play the music that's in front of you. So you have to realize that God is actually keeping not just you in time, but a whole symphony of people in time. So, so you don't get to sit on the stage by yourself and do your little thing and speed up and slow down whenever you wanted. No, he's leading everybody together. It's really the most difficult job. He's got to know everyone's part. He's got to know when you're supposed to come in and when you're supposed to come in and how loud you're supposed to be when you come in. And, and, and so the whole thing makes sense. And so here, here at this unbelievable point in time, he's tapping his foot and Mary's tapping her foot and all of a sudden the time changes and the angel appears to Mary. Have you ever had that happen in your life? You ever been tapping out a 4-4 and something goes sideways? And you're like, I don't even know what's happening now. I've experienced those times in my life where I was just tapping it out like normal. And then, boom, the time changed. And I didn't, I didn't, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't know how to play this yet. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's just weird. It's just, it doesn't feel like real music. It, because I want a time signature that's easy. Anybody else want a time signature that's easy? One that you can just wake up, hit the snooze button four or five times, and your boss is like, shh, you needed it. <laughs> one, where, one where no one ever gets upset with you. One where everything goes your way. Just an easy time signature. Just an easy, easy way to do it. The problem is the most beautiful music to, to listen to is never the easiest to play. Did you ever think about that? The most beautiful music to listen to is never the easiest to play. It's just not. And, and, and the beautiful music that you listen to and you're in awe of is from masterful musicians with masterful conductors. So, um, so I thought I'd give you a little display. I told you we were going to have fun. Are you ready to laugh? There's a guitar over there. Watch this. Can you get me back there? What I figured out is this. You can be a rock star and know 4-4 timing and two chords. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you serious? Oh, am I right, Sam? Does this look right? Sing with me. Every rose has its thorn. Just like every night. Has its dawn. Come on, everybody. Every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Every rose has its dawn. Now listen. 
You know what that tells you? That tells you can be an idiot and be a rock star. You could be drunk for seven days straight and play that song and everybody clap. Because you know why? It's easy. It's four, four, and two chords. Every rose. It's two chords through the whole song. There's not even a D in there. G, C, G, C, G, C, G, C, G, C. The whole song. Could it be possible that God wants to play a more beautiful piece of music in your life? That he's not written for you a song any drunk could play. He hasn't written for you a song that anybody could tap their feet to. He's written a piece for you that fits into this unbelievably complicated symphony he's orchestrating where all of history past and all of all of the future are coming together in this unbelievable piece of music and he is at the beginning shaking his I called it a stick I heard it was a wand baton Sam and I were debating what it was the other day we were both wrong I said I think it's a conductor stick he said it's a conductor wand and then we found out it was a baton Anybody can keep time in 4-4 time. Anybody can play two chords. I could bring you up here. I have no idea. I know two chords on the, the guitar. I could teach you how to play that. I know three, four chords on the piano. I could teach you how to play that. But God is not trying to write a simple tune to your life. And you're not a soloist that gets to pick out any tune that you want to play. And everybody applaud because you're the only one on stage. No, he's orchestrating a symphony of all history past and all the future together to make grace come to the earth. And you play a part in that. And Mary played a part in that. And what he did was, he did this thing where it was 4-4. Four, 1-2-3-4. Four. 1-2-3-4. Four. 1-2-3-4. And when you get a stick, it's accentuated. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And then the angel Gabriel came and he went into some time signature that nobody knew. And Mary said, what are we doing? I recognize one, two, three, four. And now you're, now you're playing some Burke Bacharach stuff. Now, now you're playing. Hey, do you guys have some of that music back there? Play, play, uh, play Anybody heard of the Dave Brubeck Quartet? That's not 4-4 four, four timing, that's 9-8 timing. Oh, okay, okay. See if you can pick this next one out. Just play the next one. You know what that is? That's five quarter timing. That's not normal. All right, side, go to the next one. I, I promise you, Burke Bacharach. Here we go. Did you hear what just happened? Okay, shut it off before everybody loses their mind. What just happened there is in the middle of the song, Burke Bacharach changes from 10 4 to 11 4 timing, 10 quarter to 11 quarter timing. If you were listening to that on your radio today, your car would shut off. (laughs) 
Mary's tapping out a 4-4 beat on a song everybody knows. She's tapping out two chords of her life. Every rose has its thorn. She's tapping out a familiar song that anybody can play. Anybody. I'm just going to go along with what happens. Anybody can do it. And then the angel Gabriel shows up. It says, I'm switching to 11 quarter time. And just like you, Mary responds with, what? What does this mean? What is this? How in the world can this happen? I don't understand. I don't even understand the timing. I don't understand anything. But then you turn to Galatians and the Bible says that God in the fullness of time. In the part of the symphony where the orchestra conductor is standing at the front. And you see him. And you know it's coming. The intensity in his face. See, what's beautiful about a conductor is that it can hush one part of the symphony and raise up another. He, he, can, make, he can make one side quiet and make the winds, the winds come alive. He can make percussion come alive and, and quiet the brass. He can, he can do all this stuff at the same time. It looks like this. You've seen him. I remember my middle school teacher right now. As if seventh graders knew what this meant. We were playing the same volume, the whole... And he's like... Please be quiet. One little clarinet player down at the front, he's going, come on, please... if you're in a season of life where God's going like this? And you want to run ahead. What happens if he's in a season of life where you don't feel like you've got any more strength and he's going, come on, come on, come on. Because you have to remember you're not you're not the only one on stage. So what he, he knows, the sheet music better than anybody. And he knows how this part plays with this part and this part and this part. And he knows when you have to be loud and the other one has to be quiet and the vice versa. And he knows all these things happening at the same time. And yet when he comes to us at our time, we go, whoa, me? Why did you change the timing? Why did it happen that way? Why does it have to be me? Why, why, why? And Mary has a natural response to it. What? What does all this mean? Gabriel says, hey, listen, just play the music. Just play the music. Just play it. Look at your neighbor say, just play the music. The most trouble I got into in middle school band is when my neighbor didn't play the music. Idle hands are the devil's workshop, and it's the worst fear of a middle school band conductor. A trumpet player not playing. Because then the mischief starts. The best thing for middle school bands to do what everybody play all the time. Because as soon as you put your instrument down, you can start fooling around. Mary, it's your turn to play. Your part is coming. 
Mary says, what? I don't, I don't understand the timing. I don't understand. Your part is coming. I've looked at the, I've looked at the sheet music and this is an important part for you to play. And I need you to play it because when you play your part, it makes room for everyone else's part. When you're quiet, when you're supposed to be quiet, when you're loud, when you're supposed to be loud, when you, when you come in at the right rhythm, when you're, when, you're, when you're tapping it out with your foot and watching the conductor, you come in at, this, at the fullness of time. Now, the beautiful thing is once you get good at that, you can teach other people how to do it. Once you get good at watching the conductor, you can teach other people how to do it. I'm reminded of a place, and these are out of order back there, guys, but you can figure it out. John chapter 2, where Jesus is doing his first miracle at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. And he goes in, and he doesn't even want to play. He says, why are you putting all this stuff on me? There was wine was out. It was getting towards the end, and, and, and there was more party left than wine, if you know what I'm saying. And so there was a little bit of a, there was a little bit of catastrophe and, and they come to Jesus and he's like, what are you, I don't, I don't understand what you want from me. Mary looks at everybody else in the room and the servants in the room and they, and she says this, she basically says as he's the conductor, do what he says. Let me read it for you. And Jesus said to her woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Go to the next one. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. I've played in the band long enough to know he knows what he's talking about. I've played in the band long enough. I've played in the symphony long enough to watch the conductor do his thing with the stick and he's been right every time. Just do what he says. So I don't know what crossroads you're at today. I don't know if the timing has shifted on you. I don't know if Burt Bacharach showed up on your front porch and was like, it's 11 quarter today, fellas. I don't know what happened in your life, but I can be confident of this. It's not the timing you thought it was going to be. It's not the four on the floor. It's not the two chords and every rose. It's not that. And so all of a sudden you've woken up into a period of where, where you're trying to figure out how to tap your foot to, to 11 quarter timing. I'm not even sure how you do that. And, 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 and the conductor saying, Hey, up here, turn your eyes up. Look to heaven from which your help comes from. Look up here to the conductor. Mr. Gentry used to go. And then cuss a little bit. That was back in the day when school was serious. You gonna tell on him? Are you crazy? Here's something else God is good at though. I need you to understand real quick. He's good at time signatures, but he's amazing at crescendos. Did you learn that in school? Boy, I love a good crescendo. Some of you are like, I'm sure he's going to tell us what that is. <laughs> it happens in our worship music. Uh, there, there's popular Hillsong, a place like that, who become masters at crescendos. And cr- a crescendo is simply a time where the volume increases in a song and or the intensity increases. Oh man, I love it. You know what I like best? I like this. I like it when the worship song increases in volume and intensity and it comes to this fever pitch. It's like, ah, and then I like the stage lights to just in your face. Because then I can think, I'm in heaven. 
everything's white. I'm in heaven. It's like, ah, this is so hot. Ah. That might be my actual response. Ah, ah. I just, I was in a, I was in a conference one time. It was the first time I had put two and two together. And first time I realized that the worship can be a sensory experience is also an audible experience and also participatory experience. When, when this song went to a crescendo and it just kind of hung there and the climax just hung there. And, and, and as soon as the song came up like that, these bright white lights shine up in my face. And I thought, oh man, all I needed to, like a little puff of really nice smelling stuff and I'd be at Disney. And I thought, you know what, Lord? I think this is what it's going to look like. I think the crescendo of my life is going to be standing before you in a blinding white light, recognizing I'm in the presence of God Almighty. The crescendo of Mary's life. symphony started playing of eternity past. Prophet after prophet, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the promised land, Moses exiting the wilderness. It's building, it's building, it's building, it's building. The crescendo's coming, the crescendo's coming. All creation could sense the crescendo was coming. And then a quiet angel jumps down into the room of Mary. The frenzy of the symphony of the almighty crescendos on a young woman. And she says, I'll play the part. (laughs) She says, I'm your servant. Let it be done to me as you've said. She picked up her instrument and added to the crescendo. Can I ask you something this morning? All of eternity past, all of the present, has orchestrated, God has orchestrated it for this morning. And the crescendo can be happening in your life even now. You think, man, the, the time change. I didn't, I didn't understand the time signature change. I didn't understand why, why everything was getting loud. I didn't, under, I didn't understand all this stuff, why the chaos was happening in my life. I couldn't understand it. I couldn't figure it out. And now you're sitting in church on a Sunday morning going, what? All of creation, all of all the angels in heaven can feel the crescendo coming. And they're just looking down going, Come on, pick up your instrument and play the part. Just like Mary. Now, you're not going to have the baby Jesus already happened. It won't be that loud of a crescendo. But nonetheless, it's the one for you. It's the one for you. And and the, the problem is I don't want you to act like a middle school band kid with your eyes down, tapping out the wrong beat and miss, miss the moment. Miss the moment. You've got the conductor of all the universe standing in front of you. I pray that you'd understand the significance of what he's called you to today. I pray that you'd understand how he's worked all things together for your good. I pray that you understand how he has orchestrated the timing of your life in and out and in and out and loud and soft. And, and, and now... Now the crescendo is happening and he's saying, just pick it up and play it. 
I wrote the part just for you. There could be no other Mary and there could be no other you. Just like all eternity was waiting on the king to come, we are waiting today on the king to come. Because just like he came at the beginning, he will come again. The only difference is now you're playing the instrument. We get to read about those who played the instrument when he came the first time. Now you're playing for the second. And I want to encourage you this morning. Answer the call. Answer the call. Don't stand there with your, with your tuba down around your legs. Or your violin. Answer the call. Be ready when he calls you. Be tapping your foot, looking at the conductor, the author and finisher of your faith. Look at the conductor from where your help comes from. Look at him and say, Lord, when it's my time to add to the crescendo, let me be ready. Let me answer the call. When, when, when you look at me and you go like this, let me be ready to play. So I want to ask you this morning, why don't you stand to your feet? The God of all creation, he loved Mary enough to pick her. That same God loves you enough to send Jesus to the cross. That was another crescendo of eternity. Jesus on the cross dying for your sins and mine and the veil of the temple splitting in the conductor of all the universe. <sighs> what a good part of the song. But here's one more thing I believe happens. The Bible says, the Bible says that there's an unbelievable sound that happens every time somebody comes to faith in Christ in heaven. The cheer and roar of angels in heaven over one single person coming to Christ. And so I think heaven is like, a, like an ongoing crescendo of, hey, another one, another one, another one, another one. Yeah. Jesus himself is standing up there going, boy, isn't this a good tune? It's the salvation tune. It's the grace tune. It's the, it's the come to me the way you are tune. Wow. And the angels are going, play it and play that part again. Play that part again. It was so good. They're waiting on you to play your part. Because it's beautiful music. It's complicated. It's not easy. It's not 4-4. Four, four, it's not 2 chords. It's, it's complicated music. And I understand all that. I understand you're in a complicated place. I understand it doesn't make sense. I understand all that. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful music. And when you play it along with everybody else, it just sounds amazing. So what I'm asking you this morning is don't wait any longer. The king of kings, the conductor of all the universe is looking at you like this right now. He said, hey, come on. Come on, it's time for you to jump in and pick up your instrument. It's time for you to come on. It's time for you to play a little louder. It's time for you to, it's time for you to get on beat. It's time for you to look up from where your help comes from. It's time for you. It's time. Don't wait anymore. It's time. It's time. It's time. The crescendo's happening. It's time. Start playing. So the king of kings and the Lord of lords is coming. And he wants to save you this morning. He wants, he wants you to be a part of the whole deal. So I want to pray like that over you today, okay? Because it requires your part. He planned it 
with you in mind. He planned it with you participating. So lift your eyes this morning. Put your faith in the conductor. Amen. Father, we thank you today. God, you've orchestrated this whole thing so masterfully, so beautifully. Lord, and we are working towards a crescendo of your return. And we're saying the same thing that they were saying 2,000 years ago. Here he comes. So we pray, Lord, that we'd be tapping the right beat. Lord, we pray that we'd be in sync with you. And I pray, Lord, for anyone here that doesn't yet know you, who's not a part of the orchestra, God, I pray that they find their place today. I pray, pray that a crescendo in their lives would happen today, Lord. A time change. A change of melody. God, I pray that it would happen today. And they know you as their Lord and Savior. They'd experience grace and love that passes all understanding. And I pray, Lord, as a church and as a community, we begin to tap out the rhythm of the soon coming King. The King is coming. Lord, I pray that we'd never take our eyes off of you, the conductor. I pray, Lord, that we know, God, that what our part, how important it is and how it plays in the music. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you included us. Thank you that you saved us, Lord. And we will play your tune until you come. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, could you give him honor and praise this morning? He's good. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's turn around. Greet somebody. Let them know it's good to see him in the house today. And we'll see you back here next week. Don't forget.